This is Sunday Morning Magazine with your host, Rodney Lear. And welcome back to Sunday Morning Magazine. Again, more information about the show can be found on our Facebook page. Visit us at Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. On the phone with me now is Emily Arnold McCulley. She is the author of the book, She Did It, 21 Women Who Changed the Way We Think. It's our pleasure to welcome Emily to Sunday Morning Magazine. Good morning, Emily. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you so much for having me. It is my pleasure. Before we get into the book, you are a Caldecott medal-winning author. Tell us about the book that won you that award. Ah, well, that is the story of Mirette, who was a little girl in Paris in the late 19th century, whose mother runs a boarding house for traveling players. And Mirette is a dutiful little girl. She loves to to do her chores and listen to their stories. And one day a stranger arrives, and she discovers him uh, walking apparently on air across the courtyard. He turns out to be a retired high-wire walker, and she is enthralled by this. Uh, She just longs to learn how to do it and begs him to teach her, and he refuses. And in the course of the book, (laughs) you find out why. Okay. All right. So how long have you been writing for children? I started out as an illustrator in the mid-60s, believe it or not. (laughs) And I illustrated books uh, written by other people while I was writing fiction for adults at the same time and sort of supporting myself as an illustrator. And eventually I realized I should be writing the children's books, too. And that began in the early 80s. Okay, so let's talk about the new book. The new book is She Did It. Um, mm-hmm. What was it inside you that made you decide that you had to tell the story of these women? Well, uh, the project was presented to me um, as a, a possibility, and I actually had to audition for it. Really? I knew that they were looking for someone to write this book and to figure out which women to tell about, except for the, the centerpiece was going to be the founder of AARP. Um, and they wanted to to tell her story and then, of course, surround her with other trailblazing women. And I chose uh, Ella Baker to write about in my audition piece, so I did her, her life first, and I was just fascinated by it. I had known more or less who she was, but not the details of her life. And uh, once I was chosen uh, and we figured out I and an editor at, at uh, Disney and an editor at AARP together chose the 21 women, and I began to, to learn about all of them. There were, there were quite a few whose autobiographies or biographies I had read, and a handful I didn't know a thing about. So it was a, a wonderful learning experience for me and really inspiring. Okay, so that's interesting. I've heard people um, audition for plays and things like that for dancing, but never for a book. This is new. Well, I use that term because I have done a little performing. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I have to admit that I had never heard of some of these women, so I think this book is important to raise awareness about the contribution of these women. Yes, and and I definitely didn't want to tell the stories of women about whom there already are books for children and and whom everybody has heard of, even though obviously they're very important. But the history of women and women's achievements is very short, and we only know the famous ones. So it's it's very important to me to to retrieve the lives of women who have been forgotten or even even suppressed in some cases. Okay, so let's talk about some of these women that you feature in the book, starting with Ida Tarbell. 
Tell us about her. Well, I actually have, have already published a full biography, a young adult biography of her, so she's the one I knew the most about. She was a muckraker, that is, she was an investigative journalist, although she called herself an historian. She didn't really care for the term muckraker. <laughs> I wonder why. Not, not dignified. Right. And she uh, she wrote for a magazine called McClure's Magazine that, that, was, that specialized in investigative journalism and also in publishing uh, works by the great literary figures of the day. And in 19 installments, she told the story of how John D. Rockefeller set up his monopoly, Standard Oil, using all kinds of underhanded and even criminal methods. And people all over the country waited breathlessly for each chapter to arrive. You know, it was a monthly, and these 19 installments uh, were published over that period. And they all, they were so wonderfully written that, that they were like reading a thriller. <laughs> And in the end, uh, she, she, of course, had the attention of Teddy Roosevelt, who was president, and eventually the Supreme Court broke up Standard Oil. Mm, well, look at that. Now, yeah. this one, I know something about her, Madam C.J. Walker, but tell our listeners about her. Ah, well, she was born right after the Civil War as, as impoverished and uh, downtrodden as a person could be. That she had a... Uh, an incredible spirit, and eventually, she, first she was a laundress, and that meant sitting by a stream, I believe, with a washboard. Uh, and she, as she grew older, uh, she began experiencing something that was happening to a lot of African American women. Her hair was falling out because of the horrible products that that they had to use, uh, and the, the fact that they could hardly ever wash their hair. So she. Uh, borrowed from somebody else originally uh, and created her own uh, products that were to liberate to liberate African American women. And not only did she liberate her customers, she had a franchise system. So many other women got pretty rich selling her products all around the country, and she became a millionaire. And I believe she was the first African American female That's millionaire. Right. Is that right? That's right. And and her daughter, her heir, uh, was a major um, patron of the Harlem Renaissance. Hmm, look at that. Look at that. Joan Gantz Cooney. Tell us about her. Well, uh, she's the, the person who was responsible for Sesame Street and all of Sesame Street's uh, children. Um, she took a risk. Most of these women, it was, it was fascinating to me to find out how they made such change. How, how did they do this? And, and often they took great risks. Uh, she was asked one night uh, at a party if, if she thought that television, which was pretty new back then, could be used to educate children. And she said, well, of course it could. Uh, whereupon the person who asked her said, okay, you go around the country and research this and figure out how to do a children's educational program. And so she did. And, of course, it was hugely successful. And, and eventually uh, the television station that was, that was broadcasting it said, well, uh, we're going to put a man in charge and you'll be uh, second in command. And she said, no, <laughs> I will not accept that. Um, and that's also a, a kind of thread that runs through all of these stories, that, that all the women made great achievements working in a system that considered them inferior. 
Mm. And that's the story. It's, it's really a story of, of the, the progress of 20th century feminism. And in case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. On the phone with me is Arthur Emily Arnold McCullough. The title of the book is She Did It, 21 Women Who Changed the Way We Think. And indeed, they did. So we're talking about some of the women that you featured in the book. Um, lastly, let's talk about Patsy Mink. Tell us about her contribution and why you chose her for your book. Well, uh, I have to to say that that one of the the uh, one of the uh, reasons that Patsy Mink is there and that Madam Walker is there is that I wanted above all to have a diverse selection, and she so she represents uh, Japanese Americans, and she grew up in Hawaii where she suffered a whole lot of discrimination. Uh, at one point, she wanted to go to medical school, and not only was she discriminated against as a Japanese American. They, the medical schools that she applied to wouldn't accept women. So she became a lawyer, and eventually she was elected to Congress and was a very progressive member of Congress, and she was a sponsor of Title IX, which was the education bill that changed everything for women in education, especially in sports, but also in uh, every other aspect of education. It was to make uh, available to girls and women equal facilities, equal amounts of money. And, of course, there was a whole lot of opposition to that, but uh, it, it, won, it won in the end. So you touched on some of this this morning, um, Emily, but for those that just don't get it, explain how courageous these women really are, because in some cases these women put, were put in harm's way to achieve some basic rights for women and others. Tell us how courageous these women are. Well, very. <laughs> They, they were willing, um, as you say, to, 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 to be in, in harm's way. I'm, I'm thinking of, of a person like um, Barbara Giddings, who was a reluctant gay rights activist. Uh, as she was growing up, she felt herself attracted to other girls, and people noticed this and, in fact, uh, punished her for it. And she immediately went to a psychiatrist and said, what is this? What's wrong with me? Uh, what is this condition? And she was told, and the psychiatrist said, we're going to, to do uh, some electroshock treatment to cure you. And Barbara mm. Giddings said, no, I don't want that. I'm, I accept myself as I am. And that set, set her on the course of her life. And she uh, participated in, in marches and rallies and uh, all kinds of, of things where, where she was uh, threatened and uh, stood her ground. Now, after the research and writing process for this book, which woman did you connect with the most on a personal level? Gee, on a personal level, that's an interesting question. Um, they, they were, they were definitely several writers. I, I was not able to find a woman I, I believed had actually changed the course of art. You know, these other women were all not just very good at what they did, but they changed the way society works and changed the way people regarded what they did. Um, so I, I identified with writers. I, I really identified with Rachel Carson a lot. And my first introduction to her book was when it was excerpted in the New Yorker magazine. The book was Silent Spring, and it warned that pesticides, and especially DDT, but all powerful pesticides, were damaging the environment and killing far more than their intended targets. And I happened to be living in a little tiny New York apartment, and uh, an exterminator had just arrived while I was reading this. 
<laughs> spraying poison around the kitchen. <laughs> so that that left me with a powerful impression of her, and I had so admired the way she actually died in the course of her of her battle of cancer, and she she rallied. She was she just ignored how ill she was and testified before Congress and and faced down industry leaders who who uh, challenged her and disputed what she was saying and what she was showing and. Uh, no matter how sick she was, she kept up the fight, and I just admired that no end. Okay. And in case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. On the phone with me is Emily Arnold McCullough. The title of the book is She Did It, 21 Women Who Changed the Way We Think. Now, at the end of each story, you feature quotes from each one of these women. Which mm-hmm. quote stands out the most to you? Shirley Chisholm. One of my uh, great heroes, um, the the wonderful political figure who always who who said that it was much harder to be a woman than it was to be an African American, uh, and she was consistent in saying that in every setting in which she she uh, was active. Um, the quote at the end of her chapter is, from the time I was two, my mother said I was born to lead. I think that's kind of delightful that that her mother recognized that in her. Uh, Vera Rubin, I just want to choose one more, Vera Rubin, who confirmed the existence of dark matter and confirmed that that something like 85% of the universe consists of dark matter, of which we know almost nothing. Um, That was her great contribution. It shifted the way astronomy was being done. She said, don't shoot for the stars. We already know what's there. Shoot for the space in between, because that's where the real mystery lies. And that, that's a quote that sums up all kinds of things for me. Okay. So this book was written specifically for teenagers, for young people. Why is this such an important book for young girls to read and to latch on to? Well, it's actually written for everybody, and, and the, some of my favorite uh, conversations have been with people who, where, where it's being read, maybe a woman a night by the whole family, and then they discuss that woman's life. But I feel that girls these days uh, really do want to change the world. They want to make things better, and they need to know what kind of foundation to build on. Um, I like to quote, when I talk to students, I like to quote Cicero, who said, not to know what happened before you were born is always to be a child. And I think that, that girls who are active and want to make things better for, for, for themselves and for everybody need to know what, what people did before and how they did it. Um, and without that, they just don't have the tools. So, you know, they're, they're all kind. I think the girls have, have awakened to, uh, to the problems of the world of all kinds. And they're, I think they're, they don't know it, but they're influenced by someone like Ella Baker, who was a community organizer, who, who felt that grassroots was the way change came, not from mobilization or, or from being, uh, hearing speeches by great men. Mm-hmm. So I think girls, girls should be inspired and probably can be inspired by every one of these stories. Okay. So as we look towards the future and we look for a revision of this book, maybe 20 years from now, and we're looking to add on more women to this, any women, um, current day women that you see emerging, perhaps being a leader, uh, perhaps being in the next chapter? Oh, 
Oh, another generation. Ah, because I'm, I'm usually asked, uh, whom would I would I add to this list? And you know, people like Jane Jacobs, I always I always think of. Um, well, it looks to me like Alexandria Ocasio is is um, aiming for for making big change. Um, I think any of the women who are uh, entering politics now and are uh, calling for for big changes are are definitely going to be part of the part of the, a new and better future. And so, Emily, what are you working on next? What's next for you, and what what can we look forward to from you? Well, you don't have to wait very long. Uh, next month, I have a biography for young adults of Ada Byron Lovelace, who is known as the first computer programmer. Uh, she wasn't really that, but because she lived in the uh, the first half of the 19th century. But she wrote a famous essay about a something called an analytical engine that was invented by her friend Charles Babbage. And she talked about how it could be programmed to do more than just compute mathematical problems, that if, if one knew how to write the right programs, it could compose music, it could write poetry, it could solve other kinds of problems. And this essay was forgotten for 100 years until Alan Turing, the great computer man, uh, made it famous and, and uh, talked about Ada Lovelace's objection, which was that, that, that computers could do only what they were told to do. Um, which he didn't believe. He he thought there could that artificial intelligence was a real possibility, and of course we see that it is. All right. Well, if our listeners would like to find out more about you, Emily, how can they find out more? <laughs> well, I have a website, emilyarnoldmcculley.com, and I guess that's the place to start. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking time to talk to us. We really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been great. We've been speaking to Caldecott Medal winning author Emily Arnold McCulley. She is the author of the book, She Did It, 21 Women Who Changed the Way We Think.